I hate to have to say that, but this is real talk. And there are faculty members who are not the supportive people that we would want them to be and actually act as barriers to your end goal of successfully defending your dissertation. So you want to make sure that you're talking to uh, classmates that are further along. Welcome to the Writing on My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus, doctorate coach and diversity consultant. I finished my doctorate in four years while working full-time, traveling the world, and balancing a busy social life. And now I'm on a mission to create community for other BIPOC women to complete their doctorate degrees. Join me as I discuss the ups and downs of pursuing a doctoral degree. I'll be sharing personal stories, and I'm bringing some friends along for revealing conversations about their doctoral journey and provide inspiration for others to level up as doc students. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus, and we have just a few more episodes left until the end of season two. I know it's hard to believe that the end of season two is right around the corner. We'll be ending just before Thanksgiving, and I'll be taking a much-needed break. For the last episode of the season, I'll be sharing things that I would do differently knowing what I know now. I was thinking that it might be fun to incorporate some of the things that you might have done differently knowing what you know now. So if you would like for your thoughts, your ideas to be incorporated in the show, send me an email or a DM or PM on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, letting me know what that something is. Again, that is something that you would do differently in your doctoral journey to help others who are thinking about starting this journey or those who are already on the path. So let's work together to help other women of color doctoral students and uh, send me an email to writingonmymindpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'll put all of those links in the show notes. And if you want your thoughts incorporated, send it to me by Friday, November 19th, and I will be sure to include some of your thoughts to help others. I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts. But today, I want to talk about choosing the right dissertation committee members. This is a process that can be very elusive, yet the implications are huge. So you want to take the steps necessary to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to build a team that will help you. But first, let's talk about the role of the dissertation committee. The dissertation committee is usually made up of four or five people who are there to guide you as a doctoral candidate to the finish line. The committee is typically led by one chairperson who shoulders most of the responsibility of providing you with feedback and direction throughout the course of your dissertation. Although it's typical to have one chair, there are cases in which two people co-chair a dissertation and share the duties between the two. 
the dissertation committee typically comes into play after you've completed and passed your qualifying exams. However, there are times where you may have a committee in place that will assess your actual qualifying exams before you start the process of defending your dissertation proposal. However, it's not commonplace to have the committee really come into play before you start the process of getting prepared for your dissertation proposal defense. So now that we know the typical role of the committee, why does it even matter that you take the steps to find the right folks? The reason why is because your committee members can make or break your process and your overall experience. You'll have to answer to these people for at least a year's time, and in many and most cases, it's longer than a year. The committee members guide you through the proposal, the dissertation writing phase, and the final dissertation defense. Each member's role is to serve as a mentor, and they will be the ones to determine whether or not your research meets the criteria established to pass and graduate with your doctorate. Because of this, you'll want to make sure that you take the time and care to put together a group of people that will help you be successful. Now, I think that there are three types of people that you will want to include on your committee. The first is what I call a supporter slash encourager. And I see this person as the committee member that you can turn to to help you stay the course. As you've heard from many of my guests on the podcast, as well as my own story, the doctoral journey is paved with plenty of challenges and self-doubt, and it's a good idea to have a member of your committee that you can count on for an encouraging word or additional support along the journey. The second type of person that you'll want to include in your committee is what I call the challenger. And this is a person that will challenge your thinking and push you in ways that will help you to be a better researcher. They ask you questions that help you to think through the decisions that you're making, and they ultimately make your dissertation study as well as the final written document that much stronger. The third type of person that you'll want to include is the technician. This is a person that has the technical experience to critique your work. So for example, it might be a qualitative researcher that helps you to think through the methodological choices that you're making with your research. And side note, you will want to make sure that if you're engaging in qualitative research, that you have a qualitative researcher on your committee. And more than likely, your chair would align with or be knowledgeable in your methodology, but it might also be a good idea to have a second person who can serve as a methodologist for your dissertation research. So again, to recap, we're looking for a supporter slash encourager, a challenger, as well as a technician. And you might be able to find people who have a combination of all of all three of those things. In addition to those types of people, I wanted to 
provide some other things that you might want to think about when you're thinking about both your chair as well as the members on your committee. You want to make sure that you are choosing faculty who are responsive. So you'll have to ask yourself, in the past, have they answered emails promptly? Are they student-first centered, which may help you to get an understanding of how they may approach you during the dissertation process. You'll also want to examine if that faculty member is known to be a roadblock to other or past students. That will be an indication of how you could be treated in your process if you were to put them on your, on your committee. So make sure that you keep an eye out for that and are aware of any instances in which a faculty member has been a roadblock to other students. Another thing is to read the dissertations of past students that individuals have chaired. So this is particularly important just to get a sense of the type of work that the potential chair is drawn to, the type of caliber of work that gets published uh, so that you can see if your research would be in line with that particular chair. And last, you want to talk to classmates who are further along in the process to see who are the supportive committee members and those who act as barriers to completing dissertations. And I hate to have to say that, but this is real talk. And there are faculty members who are not the supportive people that we would want them to be and actually act as barriers to your end goal of successfully defending your dissertation. So you want to make sure that you're talking to uh, classmates that are further along and um, try to see who those individuals are in terms of the ones that are supportive and the ones who have been known to be roadblocks to past students. And when you hear of those who do act as barriers or roadblocks, keep those people as far away from your process as possible, period. <laughs> We're trying to graduate. We're trying to successfully complete this. And we don't have time for those who will get in our way. So that is my advice for that. Uh, now, when you're thinking about your chair, you want to think about everything that I previously explained. However, you want to keep in mind that your chair is an important part of your process. The chair sets the stage for approving your dissertation topic, approving your committee members, reviewing and approving every portion of your dissertation, and providing the green light for you to defend. So you want to make sure that you are choosing the right chair that will help you along the process. You want to choose a chair that has a reputation for helping students reach the finish line. Again, to this point, you want to talk to other classmates that are further along than you to get a sense of the reputation of various faculty members. You want to make sure that you choose someone that you get along with and has a genuine interest in your work. So why is that important? You will be spending a considerable amount of time with this individual, you will be getting feedback from your work, and you just want to make sure that, again, you, you are setting yourself up for success in terms of that. Another piece is to consider that dissertation chairs can stall people's dissertations. I know several people 
who have had that experience where they are not getting the feedback that they need from a professor in a timely manner. So you want to make sure that you are considering feedback. And the way that you can do this is to think back to your experience during your coursework and think about the type of feedback that you appreciated. Did you need thorough feedback? Do you need quick feedback? And then think about which of your professors has provided you with the detailed and timely feedback that you desire. These are individuals who will likely be good candidates to serve in the capacity of a dissertation chair for your dissertation committee. Now, when thinking about your committee and your chair, you definitely want to make sure that you look into the policies of your specific program. For example, some programs will only allow up to four committee members, while others will say between three or five. Some programs will require you to have one member who is outside of your program at the same university, while others may require you to have a member that is entirely stationed at another institution. So, it is crucial for you to know what those requirements are because every place is different. Another thing to think about is which faculty have available time for you. Think about your personal timeline. When do you want to graduate by? And by looking at that timeline, you will be able to use that information to communicate with potential committee members. So some things you will want to think about is Will a potential committee member be retiring soon? Will a potential committee member be taking a sabbatical soon or during the time that you hope to defend? Is the faculty tenured? And if they're not, they may be pulled in a ton of different directions, which will limit the time that they have to serve in the supportive capacity that you would like. Also, with the whole piece about time is taking into account how many committees that particular faculty member is already a part of. Depending on how many they have, again, they may not be able to dedicate as much time as you would like. The other thing that you'll want to think about is your future. What are some of your future goals? Having these people serve on your dissertation committee allows you to forge deeper connections and relationships with them that can potentially lead to collaboration opportunities in the future or other ways that they can serve in a mentor capacity or serve as a reference for you for future endeavors. So you want to make sure that you're choosing the right mix that will help you towards your future goals. So as you're trying to determine which faculty you will want to consider for your dissertation committee, you'll want to make sure that you set meetings with these faculty members so that you can get to know them a little bit and for them to get to know you. Uh, you'll also use this time to gauge their research interests and their expertise so that you can get a sense for if those things align with the research topic that you have in mind for your dissertation. You'll also want to have conversations with your chair once you've established who that chair is to ensure that you're choosing people that they work with. And that is super important. The chair is knowledgeable about conflicts and politics that you may not know about and that you will want to avoid as much 
as possible. So make sure that you are having those conversations with your chair and letting them know who you're thinking or what you're thinking and have them be a part of that process. Because again, they're all working as a team. So those are all of my recommendations for choosing the right dissertation chair and committee members. Like I said, it is an important part of the process and you wanna make sure that you take some time and have a strategy behind who you choose to be a part of that committee. I think that this is one of the parts of the dissertation process where you can feel like you are very much in the driver's seat. You do not have to just accept anyone to be a part of your committee. You can create the process that can set the stage to get the right folks with the right expertise, with the right temperament to help you along your dissertation process. Again, I can't stress this enough to make sure that you get your hands on the policies around who can serve on your committee and get that as early as possible. Make sure you are fully aware of the timelines associated with that too, because that is another piece to the puzzle that can create some undue stress. So make sure you know how that goes within your institution and your program. I hope that was helpful to you all. Um, I would love to hear if any of you have tips for choosing the right chair and committee members. We could take this conversation on social. I've been pretty quiet on Twitter and Instagram, but would love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Uh, let me know what other tips you've heard uh, from other people that have helped them to choose the right chair and committee members or tips that you have for other people if you've already chosen your committee. I would love to hear it and would love to share it with others. So let's take this conversation to social media. So I think now is a great time to transition to the What's Up With Me segment. Let's jump right into it, what I'm reading. So currently, I am reading Passing by Nella Larson, and this is a book or novella, really, which was written in 1929, and I recently heard about it from my sister, and I think the same day that she told me about it, I saw that there is now a movie out on Netflix with the same name, Passing. I don't know if it's out yet or if it's coming, but it will be or is on Netflix. And I am reading it because I want to watch the movie as well. So I just started the book and it's it's a quick read, but I don't really have much to say about it because I did just start the book. But online, they have the following to describe the movie. In 1920s New York City, a Black woman finds her world upended when her life becomes intertwined with a former childhood friend who's passing as white. And that's all it says. And it's uh, super mysterious. And I'm excited to read it and learn about what happens. And so I can already tell that the book is a little different from the movie because the book is set in Chicago. Um, that's where they, the two friends actually run into each other, uh, whereas the movie is set in New York City. So that's a difference there. Uh, so 
we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm hoping to finish the book, like I said, soon so that I can watch the movie and see what the similarities and differences are between the two. I, I just love doing that. I like to switch it up. Sometimes I'll uh, watch a movie first before I read a book and then vice versa. So uh, again, see what happens. Are any of you all reading Passing or are watching the movie Passing? I would love to know. All right. So next piece is what I'm telling myself. And I'm actually asking myself a question. And that question is, when is your next trip? <laughs> I just came back from my trip to North Carolina, which I shared a couple of weeks ago, and um, I went to meet up with some uh, mentors that have become friends, and it was everything that I didn't know I needed. Uh, it was a quick reset, but a reset nonetheless, and I came back just feeling refreshed. I went up to Greensboro, North Carolina, and just relaxed. I didn't do work at all. I didn't sign in to work. I didn't think about work. It was great. Um, and so I am hoping that I can plan some sort of time off in the next month or so uh, because I just realized, you know, just the benefits and just how much I need rest. So that is what I'm telling myself. Something that made me smile recently, I had a conversation with someone the other day and started thinking about our favorite bosses. And it made me think about Min Yan Chin, who was my favorite boss when I started my first job out of grad school from my master's program. She was the boss that I totally needed as a new professional who didn't know what they were doing, totally stressed out <laughs> and uh, just trying to figure out everything. She encouraged me to think big and that it's okay to make mistakes. And she also provided a safe place for me to be my full self. She eventually wrote one of my recommendation letters for the application that I submitted for my doctoral program after she earned her own doctorate, which was also something that encouraged me to pursue mine over the years. And unfortunately, she unexpectedly passed away before I completed my degree. And it's really crazy. She passed away uh, at a very young age, and I truly miss her. But I am grateful for the time that we had and the impact that she had on me till this day. And, you know, just the thought of that conversation that I had about bosses really made me think about the impact that Mignon had on me and the way that she motivated me to do great work, but to also care for myself. In her words, how she embodied professionalism and, again, the safe space that she created for me and others motivates me every day. So that is the What's Up With Me segment. And that concludes this week's episode. We have two more episodes left in the season. As a reminder, don't forget to send me the things that you would do differently knowing what you know now. 
And don't forget to let me know if you have any other tips for how other doctoral students can choose the right dissertation committee chair as well as committee members. On that note, I'll see you on Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn, and I'll also see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts and spread the word to other women of color doctoral students to grow our community. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Emanuela. And if you're looking for a group of real women of color doctoral students to help you accomplish your goals, join the Writing On My Mind community by visiting writingonmymindpodcast.com. See you on the next episode.